following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody? We are back for another week, another episode. Mike Jones and John Brown. John Brown and Mike Jones. Y'all just haven't smartened up yet. Y'all, <laughs> hey, y'all still hanging with us. Oh, these are the smartest people out there to listen to us right now. You think so? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I absolutely. Mean, all right. There's, there's a reason they listen. There's a, Okay. It's not because, like... It's our family or anything like that. It's because they like what they're hearing. I they hope like so. That, they like that good content. I'd stop listening if it wasn't good content. That is true. That is it, you don't you don't want to listen to people who suck. You don't want to listen to like people who just don't know what they're talking about. Just talk garbage. I've told my friends they suck if they suck. No. I'm not going to listen. Cool. But you listen. You you listen. To, well, you don't. Listen. I no. I don't listen to. Us. But it's not because we suck. It's, I already know what we said. Oh, that is true. <laughs> that is true. That is true. What is going on, man? Oh, uh, man, I am good. It is the end of February. Yeah. Sunday is the first of March. March. Yes. You know what happens in March? Uh, would it be madness? Absolutely. Are we going to have that conversation again? Probably. All right, oh, uh, probably, but not yet. Not yet. Good, good, not good. Yet. How's your week? Week was good. All right. Did you watch the fight last week? The fight went pretty much how I expected it to go. Mm-hmm. I thought Wilder had a chance if he could land the big shot early. Mm-hmm. If it went longer than five, say five, six rounds, I thought he'd be in trouble. Mm-hmm. What seven rounds? What surprised me is that Fury was able to dominate him beginning to end. Like, yeah. Wilder never even looked competitive. Yeah. It was it was bad. Where did you see the fight? I, I was home. You ordered the fight? You got the fight? And you didn't I call watched, me? I, I watched the fight at home. Oh, well, you had access to the fight. Yes. Let me tell you something, bro. <laughs> I I planned on I was going to watch the fight somehow, mm-hmm. and all of my plans, all of my avenues to watch the fight kind of fell through. Couple of my friends went over to um in King of Prussia, Fox and Hell. Yeah, because they they show all the fights in there. It's mm-hmm. what maybe a ten dollar cover. So okay, nothing, see that's nothing that's what's major. Up. Yeah, and I was supposed to go with them, mm-hmm. but they decided to get ready to go late. It was around like. 10.30-ish. Yeah. At that point, I'm comfortable. Yeah. So, I was like, yeah, I'll talk to y'all tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I stayed right where I was to watch. Man, bruh, they wanted $80 for that fight. Yeah. That, not, that That's not a surprise. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's what yeah. fights go wasn't, for. Wasn't, wasn't surprised. A Floyd fight would have been 100 Yeah. Not no, but hell no. Wasn't going to be me. So I'm just like, and, and plus, if I, you're gonna pay for the fight, it needs to be like a group effort. Yeah, where you got, if you got ten guys kicking in eight bucks each, it's not that bad. Now, if you got eight guys kicking in ten bucks each, it's not that bad. Now I will tell you, back in the day, when I was younger, 
Didn't have kids. Didn't have a wife. It was just me. Eighty I was a, bucks to splurge on a fight. I, I, it's not well, as big well, a deal. Not dude. as big of a deal. But I will tell you this. I used to work for a local cable company. Mm-hmm. So I used to get discounts <laughs> on my cable and discounts on my pay per view. Oh man! So were, it was nothing to was, order. A, you know, you still had to pay, but not the same. But not you it weren't paying the yeah. average Joe price. Yeah. So you know, f- for me, chilling at home and it's just like, or I could find some way to steal the fight, or I just shell out a couple of bucks, watch it in the comfort of my own home, and not have to worry about any other you know any other issues. But it was one night. Ordered a Bernard Hopkins fight. B Hop was still fighting, still dominating. Mm-hmm. Ordered the fight. Fell asleep on the fight. So I paid for the fight, but missed the fight because I fell asleep. And I'm like, you know what? Never again. I'm, I'm never going to pay for another fight. I don't care that I got that at the discount. I just wasted this money. Yes, it was discount money. Yeah, it was cheaper money. But I still wasted this money, and I've never paid for a fight again. Because I was so mad that I ordered the fight, had everything ready, sat right there on my couch, was watching a little preliminary stuff. Then next thing you know, it was morning. <laughs> I missed the fight. But nonetheless, I, 80 bucks, I, I wasn't going to do it. I, I, I didn't watch the fight. I know we talked about it last week on the show. We talked about it, but I, I, I couldn't. I, I was just like, you know, 80 bones, nah, I'm good. And I didn't know anybody, you know, everyone's, everyone always wants to hit me, hit me up with, oh yeah, you got to go through this website. You can do it this way. And they end up giving a computer the coronavirus. Your, your computer's through, your phone is through, whatever you, you know, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. So, you know, not surprised by the ending. Mm-hmm. Not surprised what happened. You know, it's like. It's, it's, Fury's it's, the better fighter. Fury's the better fight. The better fighter. Oh, excuse me. Or, or boxer. The, the, the boxer. boxer. I was about to say this. Yeah, rephrase yeah, the same yeah. thing. Fury's the better, better boxer. boxer. You know. You know. He's the naturally bigger, stronger guy, and to go with it, he's the better boxer. It was Tyson Holyfield all over again. You know, Tyson used to be that guy who was, especially once he left uh, Gus D'Amato. Where he was, you know, his bread and butter was fighting, but not necessarily boxing. He gets in the ring with a trained, a skilled boxer, and you see what happened. And that's what happened in uh, Wilder Fury. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's like, and that's not to say, somebody pointed out on Twitter this week that. You know, it's a shame that we treat boxing as if, like, you're damaged goods once you lose. Like, that one loss now. Well, like, like, it, like Fury's, excuse me, I mean, Wilder's not done. But see, here's the thing with boxing, though. Because there's no true boxing league, no boxing association to unify everything, a lot of what makes a boxer valuable is his reputation. So if you lose and get manhandled in the manner that Wilder did, for the fans to look at you again like you're a true top heavyweight, it's going to take a while. It's going to take some work. It's going to take a while, but then what else happens to the heavyweight division? Because you know as far as Other people go after Fury. 
Who? Whoever else is out there. Somebody else is going to get a shot. Who? I mean, right now it's like, okay. Joshua, maybe. Maybe. And, of course, Wilder does have the rematch, rematch. clause. Would you want to see that fight third. a third time? Would you want to see this fight, fight number three? I'd watch. I'm not as excited for it now. Yeah. Fu- Wilder revamping his camp. Mm-hmm. A completely different mindset going into the fight would be necessary. Mm-hmm. But I'd watch. Okay. Do you buy his explanations? I'm not going to call them excuses. Uh, do you buy his explanations? The uniform was too heavy. Doing a towel he too was, early. He was too heavy. Towel might have came too late. And when I say he was too heavy, Wilder came into this fight, what, 20-some pounds heavier than he did the last time? Maybe mm-hmm. more? Trying to bulk up to deal with Fury who is the naturally bigger guy mm-hmm. who's used to carrying that weight. Did you see Wilder's legs by round three, four? It, it wobbly. He had nothing. He was out of gas. Not to mention Fury's just leaning on him. He's bleeding out his ear. It. He needs, if anything, if there's any way he can have an advantage against Fury. It would have been with speed. It would have been with speed, not with bulk. Bulk is going to slow him down. Mm-hmm. He needs to use his speed, be able to outmaneuver a guy, a so, guy like Fury. So the decision to bulk up to face Fury. In do, my opinion, was a bad one. Do you put that on the boxer or do you put that on his camp? Both. Mm-hmm. The boxer might, if the boxer thought it was a good idea, his camp should have discouraged it. That's clearly not what happened. So corner the camp's needs to changes. Mm-hmm. If you thought that was a good idea, your camp needs changes. Okay. All right. So you so the whole my uniform I put forty pounds of uh a <laughs> uh, uh, uniform on and, and walk through you don't put a lot exactly. in Exactly. If if you're tr- if you had a new uniform that had forty pound weights in it, like it's lined with sand, then mm-hmm. yeah, you had the wrong uniform on. I mean do you believe when you heard that, what did you think? What did you think? That his uniform was too heavy? When you heard him, do you say, see my face right now? Yeah, like, I, wanna, I know the people listening can't see my face. I see your you face. see my face yeah. as you say the uniform was too heavy. Like just that listening to that disgusts me. Like truly disgusts mm-hmm. me. Like imagine, imagine if you will, LeBron James loses to the Spurs in the in the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. Comes to the podium, what happened, LeBron? It was game seven. You had a shot and didn't get it done. What, Man, I, I went out there and I tried. I was giving it everything I had, but, but my shoes were too heavy. And so, you know, that took a couple inches off my vert. So that one shot I didn't block. If I'd have had my other shoes on, I'd have got that one. Mm-hmm. You know, I had I, I had nine rebounds, but if I could have jumped three inches higher, I'd have got two, three more, and I'd have been a half step quicker in the passing lanes. That'd have got us the game, but, you know, it was my shoes. It's got to be the shoes. I, <laughs> I mean, imagine that. No, I'm, no I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, I'm just saying that was 
I felt like the post, his post fight comments disappointed me. I was because, like I said, I wasn't trying to. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt and not call them excuses, but it sounded like excuses. I mean, look. First of all, let, let, let's see this. First of all, yeah. uh-huh. he came out to start the fight looking like the Black Panther and Starscream's love child. Yeah. Right. No, no, you, and then. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Talking all sorts of stuff about I'd have destroyed Mike Tyson in his prime. Okay, guy. All this other superfluous stuff. Mm-hmm. But he's not ready to fight. He's not ready to fight. I always find that interesting. I always find that interesting because when people go as far as they go, especially in boxing, to talk trash, to hype up the fight, mm-hmm. and then they look like that. You brought up Tyson. I mean, it's one thing to lose. Mm-hmm. But if you go out there and, and, and it's a good fight, you lose a split decision, or even you lose a decision. It goes 12 rounds, you're going at it. Mm-hmm. You brawl. That, Okay. You might have lost, but you came to fight. Yeah. Wilder went out there and got manhandled. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to. I saw personally. I saw live Mike Tyson's last fight. Mm-hmm. I was there. It was at the. It was still the MCI Center in DC. Went to the fight. Tyson lost. I believe he lost by disqualification. Sounds about right. Guy, he's fighting some guy, white guy, was tagging him up. Tyson got frustrated, tried to tie him up, grabbed his arms, and basically was trying to break his arms. Uh, yeah. And the ref called the fight. Mm-hmm. I was able to go to the press conference. And in the press conference, Tyson's basically laying out that he just doesn't have it anymore. <laughs> you know, he... Like he, post he re- fight, yeah, this is post fight, this is post fight press conference, mm-hmm. and he's basically just saying, "Yeah, I'm done. I'm, I can't do it. Yeah, anymore. I can't do it anymore. I don't have it." And and I didn't get a chance to ask a question. I, I was actually there with a press pass, but I, they didn't they didn't get, give me an opportunity to ask my question because all I wanted to ask Tyson was like, "When did you realize this?" Because you know that whole week, you know it's 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 it's. Vintage Tyson, mm-hmm. you know I'm gonna destroy this guy. You know I'm, you know I'm gonna beat this. You know he's got to sell the fight. Yeah, he sell it, but but to me that's part of the business. Oh yeah, you gotta, that's why they go on those pub press no, tours. No, those I, me- I, I understand. Those media but I guess for me, I always wonder because I've never boxed. But at what point in time do you realize I'm not ready for this? Like you saw the lead up to the fight, mm-hmm. and it was. Is what boxers do. Yeah, I mean that's the business. Yeah. They have to. Yeah. They have to sell the fight. Oh yeah, I'm not. You know, I, I I don't begrudge that. I know that's part of the game. But my question is, you saw how unprepared he was. So you wanted to know at what point, at what did, point you did you realize, realize you, you don't have it? You didn't yeah. have it left. Exactly. You were, you, you weren't there. like for like fast forward now 
to, to this Wilder Fury fight. You saw how they sold the fight. You heard how they sold the fight, the back and forth, the constant join. Then he gets into the ring and for seven rounds looks like he's not ready. At what point do you think Wilder realized, I don't have it this I don't have it tonight. I don't know if Wilder's the type that realizes that now. I don't I still don't know if he realizes that. And a statement like I had the wrong uniform is indicative of a guy who's yet to accept responsibility for what happened Mm -hmm. and is reaching for excuses still. Like it might be a couple weeks before he has gonna have to watch some tape and talk to his people or and really reassess what happened. Because mm-hmm. from what I heard post-fight, he didn't realize what happened then. Mm-hmm. So didn't maybe realize, he realizes it now. How do you tell a boxer that they – before I go that no, 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 let me let me rephrase. Do you believe that in this particular fight, Fury outclassed Wilder? Yes. At what point do you feel – how do you explain that to a boxer? When when I'll put it to you like this, all right. Show them the tape. Like you and I, hypothetically, mm-hmm. you and I sell ourselves on on, on a one on one. We say, you know what? Fine, I'm tired of you talking all this trash. Mm-hmm. Me and you, we gonna go upstairs. We gonna get a basketball. We gonna play one on one. It's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of you always talking about. You know everything about basketball. You a purist. No, you gonna prove it today. Let's we go. gonna do it. Let's go. Let's, let's go. do it. I'm gonna destroy you, dog. I'm gonna say I'm, I'm when. Saying, when. Let's go. Let's let's do this right now. Let's do it. All right. We go upstairs. Mm-hmm. We play a game of twenty one. Mm-hmm. You beat me twenty one to four. You got four. Yeah. How'd you get four? Don't worry about because I'm good. <laughs> how I get four. Don't play me, son. You could, you beat me 21 to four. Okay. We come back down here and sit. I should have had you, dog. I don't know how you got 21 to four. Um, I didn't put my, my right sneakers on. Mm-hmm. Um, My knee had been bothering me, but I, I, I tried to go through it, but it, it's all good. I had some jeans on. I didn't put shorts on. Um, I slipped on a piece uh, on some grease that mm-hmm. dropped, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, you got you got all these stories. Yeah, I got all these. At, you know, at, at what point, you know, should it be like, all right, maybe you just lost because you just weren't better than bro. You know, at um, let's see, the game was twenty-one to four. Twenty-one to four. So you around, destroyed me. So you around the time I had eight or nine points, mm-hmm. you knew. There was no, at that point no, you I'm, knew. I'm still shooting. You might be trying, but you know. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to back. I'm still trying to back you down. At, at this point, I'm trying to just. I'm trying to relate. You know, rely on my size. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm leaning on you. You know, I'm trying to put you in the post, mm-hmm. and I'm still just throwing up bricks. You know, and, and it, it is what it is. That's what I mean. Like by the time, I've got five, six points. You know. You like you might know after the first bucket, like, oh, this is different. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I'm in trouble. Because cause what, what I'm saying is. And like, true, and I'll be honest, there have been guys, like, I've gone up against on the basketball court. 30 seconds into the game, oh, this guy's different. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's special. Mm-hmm. You know. 
unless you're delusional, yeah. you know. Yeah. What I'm telling you is Wilder seemed like his confidence was irrational and bordering on delusional mm -hmm. after the fight. Yeah. Which is why I'm saying it's going to take someone in his camp, sit down with him alone in a room, not with people around, but alone in a room where you can really be honest with him and he's more likely to listen. Mm -hmm. Like, look, dog, we're we going to have to look at this. It, it, I need you to be honest about this. It ain't pretty. Mm -hmm. I know you talk about your, your shorts and stuff. Like, nah, you you getting beat up. Mm -hmm. And it had nothing to do with speed. You sitting in there, he's leaning on you, tagging you up all fight. He dropped you with a body shot, crumbled, crumbled you. Mm -hmm. Like, wh what do you think's going on? Boxers carry, boxers roll with a lot of yes men. Mm -hmm. I probably think probably more than any other sport. I don't know why that is, but that seems to be the case. So it's like when it comes to a boxer. Now, and if you want, I'll explain that to you. Okay. Well, let me make my point. Then you, then, then you, because I want, I want to hear your explanation. Okay. But it's like when it come, when it comes to a boxer, they roll with a lot of yes men. But now, when you're faced with that, with that type of adversity, this man just got dealt his first loss. He needs. This is a guy who needs brutal honesty. Someone to sit with him and say, "Hey, man, this is where you went wrong." This is what we need to fix if you are going to beat him. Because if he loses to Fury twice, and now in three fights you've gone draw, loss, loss, you could be done. As a as a title contender. As a, as a title contender. I mean, you yeah, can you still know get what? some good yeah, fights. Yeah, you might get some Fox fights, a couple mm -hmm. ESPN fights, but those big money fights you ain't getting no more. Mm. You, lose the, you lose the Fury. You, you know, that role... How old, is, how old is Wilder now? 33. 33, yeah. 34, 30. somewhere in there. Yeah. So, you're, yeah, your next fight's on ESPN, you lose to him again. You know, I mean, but when I'm, I get, my point is, you know, do you think Wilder is that dude who can put people in his camp who can be brutally honest with him, and do you think he would listen? After the way he lost that last fight, I think he has no choice but to listen. Yeah, he's 34 years old. He'll be 35 in October. 35, 35 this year. Mm -hmm. okay. So he's not young anymore. Mm -hmm. He's got a couple good years left in him. Mm -hmm. Not a lot. A couple. Three, four maybe. And – that is largely credit to the fact that he has, throughout his career, dominated most of his competition. Prior to this fight, you, well, you'd seen a couple people outbox him, yeah, but it hadn't been well not to this degree. Mm -hmm. So he, so he's got a couple years left in him, but you figure by thirty nine, forty, he's done. Mm -hmm. You, if you fight. Once to twice a year, it, let's call it three times every two years. That gives you five, six fights left. Now you said you wanted to make that point about uh, about boxers and yes men. All right. Now that to me is a f fairly understandable concept. Mm -hmm. 
Think back to grade school. Okay. Grade school had a bully. Yep. Who hung out with the bully? Maybe a couple yes men. People, you know, always agree with him. Mm-hmm. Because, and what did everybody always tell you about the bully? You want to, like, when the bully hits you, what do you do? How do you deal with the bully? You hit him back. You hit him in his face. And what happens to him? He leaves you alone. Why? Because someone finally hit him in his face. His confidence is shot. Yeah. Boxing is a sport that's all about confidence. Mm-hmm. You walk into the ring nervous, scared, hesitant, you'll lose in the first round every time. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly why a lot of these boxers are done once their mystique, their aura, their confidence is gone. Now they're walking into the ring hesitating where they used to go in there honestly believing they could beat anyone. Mm. They don't believe that anymore. You can't believe that anymore because you've been beaten. So to try to mentally recover from that to a point where you're able to have that high level of confidence and function again like you need to is a difficult task. That is something I think is an underestimated aspect of someone like Ali's greatness who was able to keep coming back, keep fighting, mm. keep responding. And took L's. You know, he, took, he, he, he took L's. He took L's and then kept responding. Mm. I lost, but you can't beat me. Mm-hmm. I can still be. Ali had that true confidence. He honestly believed mm-hmm. he was the bad man on the pl- baddest man on the planet. Lennox Lewis was kind of like that too. Mm-hmm. You but, know, you remember Lennox Lewis got knocked out by Hassan Rockman. So and then and came back, knocked him back out. Yeah. And so so to my point moving. about why they have the yes men, it's people who can help support that confidence that. Mental state you need to be in to be a fighter. They have there's there's going to be people around who can help support that. I hear you. I hear you. All right. Well, look, man. Let's take a break. We talk talk a little boxing. I don't think we've ever talked boxing on this show. Haven't been heavyweights in a while. That's true. That is true. Let's take a real quick break, and I want to come back talk a little round ball. Let's do it. All right. Got you. Right here on offense, defense, and discourse. We'll be right back. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-G-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. James Lewis. I've never lived in a city like Phoenix where the downtown is not the center of the city. The, what's popping is out in Scottsdale. <laughs> That's where everything's popping. That's where all the five-star That's restaurants the clubs are. are in Scottsdale. The best clubs in towns are in Scottsdale. The best mm. spas are in Scottsdale. If anything, they need to build the arena in Scottsdale and move everything from downtown out to Scottsdale. Yeah, they build in the then white castles a, Then you have an elite in franchise. Scottsdale. Next to them, next to them, carved houses in Camelback Mountain. That's where everything is popping to me, from what I've White seen castles in my two years. It's coming uh, to Scottsdale. Yeah. I will be there. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. Next in to the, Scottsdale. Next to the spot, it's like eight hundred dollars. It hour. don't matter. It <laughs> don't matter. I'm up, I'm up in that right. piece. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. 
If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, y'all, we are back. Thanks for hanging out during the break. Okay. We talked a little boxing in the first segment. I got I got I'm glad you're here. What you got for me, JB? You said you had something for me. I got something for that, you. You know, that, that always makes me nervous. Where's the thing? All right. You and I, we, we prepare for this show differently. Absolutely. Now, you've always maintained you don't like to talk. You don't like to talk specifics about the show before we sit down. I want your first reaction. Mm-hmm. And, and that I understand. And, and for me, I feel like I'm better when I'm prepared. I'm better. I, I feel like I articulate my points better when I am prepared. Understandable. And to your credit, and, and to the credit of how well you and I work together, if I may toot our own horns, you know, you, you respect that about me. I respect that about you. There's never been a situation where I said, hey, man, what are we going to talk about on today's show? And you'll be like, nah, man. I ain't gonna tell you. No, nah, I won't do that to you. Yeah, and and and, and for me, it's like a, if very rarely, you know, so, sometimes I will I will float an idea out there just to see how interested you are in the topic. Yeah. You know, because there might be sometimes like, hey, I want to talk about this, but you know what? Um, I'm good. You it's know? like the thing is for me, like I'll I'll know like this is a relevant topic. We should talk about this mm-hmm. or. That's something that caught my interest. I had a thought about that on Monday. We're yeah, we're going to talk about that one. Okay. Well, I, I got a basketball, so, but like I don't necessarily know what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. I know how I feel about it, but I don't know what I'm going to say. You okay. know. Well, I got I got a basketball uh, topic I, I would like to bring up with you. All right. All right. First of all, we all we all know if you are fans of this podcast, you have a collection. A class of guards that you feel like you, you you can't win with. Not as your point guard. No, uh, well, you know, not as your point guard. But I'm, I'm talking guards in general because there's mm-hmm. a couple there there are a couple shooting guards. Yeah, there's a couple of I, them too that, that I want to put into this collection. But and I'm still working on it. It's a work in progress because I feel like this group should have a name, but I don't know. But right now, but. As of right now, there's a group of guards that you feel like can't win st- with. Can't win with them. Style of play doesn't work. All right, and I'm I'm going to throw a couple names out here of the names that you kind of established, like the charter members of this group. Mm-hmm. Starts with James Harden. He wasn't a charter member, but he's in the group now. He's in the group now? He's in the group now. Dan Tony did that. Okay. James Harden is in the group. He wasn't in the group in OKC, but he's sure in it now. Okay. Russell Westbrook. Yeah, he's in there. He's a charter member? Would you put it? He was a a charter member? Charter member. Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Charter member? Charter member. Okay. I know. Well, actually, 
in all fairness, and I'm gonna let you finish real quick. But the charter members, okay, was a specific group. Okay, who are the charter members? Stevie Franchise. Okay. Starberry. Mm-hmm. Iverson. Iverson. Those are the charter members. Charter members. A guard you can't win with. You're not going to win a championship. With. Okay. Guards you can't win a championship with. Mm-hmm. And, and and I'm glad you 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 said that because all of these guys have proven they can win some games. They can win, re- they win they a lot of regular season games. Of, you know, they've all been on 50 win teams. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll put up great numbers. Maybe maybe even win a series or two. Mm-hmm. But you can't win a championship. Not going to win a championship. Okay, so the current, in, you know, the the the, the current team: James Harden, mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving. Absolutely injured, but still on the list. John Wall. Yep. Okay, that's four. Now there are a couple of names I want to suggest to you. Yes. Did you see my list? No. Okay. But, but your first suggestion is a yes. Okay. All right. Here. One I just want to I want to throw out there two and the second one I want to just talk about. Okay. Okay. Number one, Trey Young. Yes. Trey Young is on the list. I told you your first suggestion yes. is yes. a yes. Okay. He's on the list. Yes. Second one. Mm-hmm. Bradley Beal. No. Bradley Beal's not on the list. Okay. No. Here's my thing. As of Wednesday, Washington Wizards are twenty and thirty six. Terrible team. Terrible team. Lost three straight. Now, see, here's the thing about Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, go, go ahead, go, go ahead and re- right. do give us all that info. First. All right, lost three straight mm-hmm. for the last six. Mm-hmm. Last two games of Brett, last two games of, the, of that streak. Bradley Bills put up fifty five points, fifty three points, both L's. Lost to Milwaukee, could be could be expected. But also lost to Chicago. It's not a good team either. I want to know, and, and that's that. That's where it, uh, I'm seeing him put up these monster numbers. 50-point games, 30-point games, high 20-point games, and they're losing. And I wanted to know where Bradley Beal falls on that list of guards you can't win with. Okay. Richie Hachimura, mm-hmm. Davis Bertans, Thomas Bryant, Isaac Bonga, Ish Smith, Ian Mahimi, Troy Brown, Shabazz Napier, Gary Payton II, Mo Wagner. John Wall, who's out, who's out, but still has a fifty million dollar cap hit, so he he ain't well, going nowhere. He ain't going nowhere, but fifty million also means you're not bringing anybody else in. This team is bad. Not one guy. This team is bad. And it all starts with John Wall. He wasn't the type of player who guys were lining up to play with. Mm -hmm. You gave him $50 million a year. So you need a heck of a lot of production out of him in order to be competitive. 
and all he's been is hurt. Because you don't have money to put anything else around him. You're lucky you have Brill through a draft pick to put there. And then Wall's hurt, so you're not even getting his production. This team is bad. Mm. Wall, no, excuse me, not Wall. Beal is doing everything he can to try to help this team compete. He doesn't want to shoot fifty, po- score fifty points a night. He has no choice because where else are they going to get offense from? Bradley Beal, while he he's a shooter, he'll let the ball, he'll let go. He's never been the gun on a team. Mm-hmm. He just has no choice right now. So, Beal is not a guy I would say you can't win with. But Beal isn't necessarily the type of guy who adds wins to a team. You always hear me talk about good guards add wins. Mm-hmm. And I should expand that to rather than saying good guards, good playmakers. Because mm-hmm. you can do it from the point, the one, the two, the point forward position. There are even some special bigs who know how to make plays out of the post, a la Jokic mm-hmm. or even a young Shaq who – was dominant but was underrated as a passer you could give them the ball in the post and run the offense through him mm-hmm. you don't see that much from bigs anymore that but Jokic is a is a throwback to the time when bigs knew how to do that and if you watch him play like mm-hmm. so it could be a facilitator a, the a, post. A, but you need a good playmaker someone to run the offense through actually you need two mm-hmm. to really be a true competitor true contender you need two but you gotta have at least one Bradley Beal's a finisher he's not the facilitator mm-hmm. he's a very good finisher but he has no facilitators out there with him so you're just gonna see Beal getting points because he's a finisher but nobody else is out there doing anything or facilitating for anyone else so compare that to a player like Trey Young who's also had some high-scoring games. And the Hawks ain't winning. Okay. So let's talk about Trigger Trey real quick. <laughs> mm-hmm. Told you I was going to set you up today, man. Let's, let's, let's I'm ta- a facilitator, too. Let's talk about Trigger. I can I can facilitate mm-hmm. too. I'm 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 setting I'm setting you up, and that's a great name for him. Trigger Trey. Mm-hmm. Trigger Trey. Come on, man. You know, we're not Trigger Trey. We're not talking guy. about songs. We talk about young. We talk about young. Not songs. Not songs. Not Trey songs. We talk about young. Okay. Trigger Trey, young gun. The young gunner. Because see, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Very talented. Yes. But. If you want to be the primary ball handler, point guard, playmaker, whatever you want to call it, you have to understand more than just your own offense. Trey Young is very good at knowing I can get this shot off or I can see the guy who's open for a layup, the next guy who's wide open. But when you're actually thinking about bringing the ball up court, I know my two guard has the hot hand. 
My three hasn't touched the ball in four possessions. My big just got a great block, and he's hustling his butt down court, working hard, and he wants to be rewarded. I I know that they're running a matchup zone defense, and this is the spacing we need, and this is where I need the high post player to be, and this is where I need a guy in the corner, and this is where he takes that shot, and – I know this defender, he'll bite hard on the on the fake to the right, and that defender, he's going to cheat hard because he he's over aggressive going for shot blocks. So if I if I drive towards him, he'll help, and I can dump it off behind him and make the whole thing work. Mm-hmm. Nah, nah. That's not trick or tray. That's not trick or tray. What is trick or trading? Uh, he's looking for his shot, mm-hmm. first and foremost. That is not what you can do. That's not how point guard works. Do you remember? Now, you and I go back and forth over when when is the right time to give a Twitter troll some smoke. Mm-hmm. That's a long-standing debate because I tend to be a little more generous with the smoke than you. Yeah. Somebody tried to call you out mm-hmm. a long time ago. Mm-hmm. About I, shoot first point about guard. Shoot first point guard. You know where I'm going with. I told mm-hmm. you I'm facilitating today. All mm-hmm. right. I'm showing. I'm a look. I'm like. Khalid. I, re- I remember. I'm, I'm like Khalid Alamine right now. That's why I'm. Well, I'm I have an elephant I'm, memory. I don't forget anything. Right. I'm Khalid. That's why Al-Amin. I do this show without remember, notes. Exactly. You, well, look. I don't got a memory like that, but you know I remember some things. Things stand out. All right. I'm in my Khalid Alamine right now. I'm setting you up. All right. Shout out to UConn. Shout out to UConn. That's my favorite UConn player. Mm-hmm. No, UConn, uh, Khalid Alamine and Danielle Marshall. But that's a, that, that's another story. All right. Um, uh, I'm a Shuttlesworth fan. I refuse to call that man Jesus. And don't I, let my wife. That, that's my wife's favorite uh, UConn player. And she and I just I, I look I, I I refuse to call that man Jesus. But anyway, look the point. <laughs> the point that I'm making is, it's like out of that conversation. Was is Steph Curry a shoot first point guard? No, he's not. Well, well, here's my thing, and I, you said that he was not, but I feel like you know people because of the volume. He's a scoring guard, but he's not shoot first. They're two different things. Yes, because here's the thing: you look at Steph, you look at Trey, and you see you'll see them in games at both times, pull up, shoot the you know. Get those Sports Center highlights on the three point shot. You know, throw that shot up from 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 the logo. From the logo, you see it all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like so people might see the fact that they both hit those shots and they both hit those both take and hit those shots at will in games and want to compare the two and want to say, hey, they're like the same player. And you know, look, I understand you know that they're not, but that's not where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, everything that you just broke down. What the fault of Trey Young's game as a point guard? The, what you laid out, what you need a point guard to do is what Steph Curry does. Right, That's I'm, the difference I'm between a, Steph. I'm gonna Curry give you the Trae biggest Young. difference between Steph and Trey in ten seconds. Okay. Steph comes down, brings the ball up, makes the first pass, goes into his off the ball movement. At that point, he's part of the offense. He's not an ISO player, and then he will catch and shoot. 
Trey is looking for his own shot first when he brings the ball up, and the pass is secondary, which which means he shoot first. Steph is looking to make the first pass. And then get into the offense, catch and shoot, and the, and that was like that conversation. Like the guy was like, "Well, because Steph, Steph catch and shoot, he's not shoot first. Yes, because if he brought the ball up and he's shooting off the catch, how do he get the ball? Somebody passed it. How they get the ball? He passed it to them. He passed first. No, I. It's real I, simple, right? What I'm, see, that's the problem. It's real I, simple. Yes, it's real. I got you. You ain't got to explain that to me. I, I knew what you was. I knew where you were going in. I just saw the dude keep on challenging you, and I'm sitting there off to the side, like get him, Mike. Mike, get him. You nice, Mike. Go in on this guy, Mike. You nice. Go get him. Don't let this man live. Get, this man is begging you for the smoke, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, but that it when when people want to break down because they see the shooting. Mm-hmm. They see Steph hitting them shots from the logo. They see Trey hitting them shots from the logo, and pretty much that's the only thing they have in common. But there, yeah, that is you're right. That is about it because the shots they're taking are different. Mm-hmm. How their teammates are involved in the offense mm-hmm. is different, and I don't care whether it's the NBA or the YMCA. If your teammates aren't involved on one end. They're not going to get involved on the other. They're not going to want to get involved on the other end. If you're not letting me be part of the offense and then you're screaming at me for max effort on defense, screw you the same way you said screw the T, you know? That's just how that works. So my question is, as far as Trey Young goes, can that be corrected? He's very young. He's young. Yeah, second he's, he's, year number two, right? He's very, very young. Mm-hmm. So it is correctable. But you got to do it now. Yeah. You don't want to wait till you're 25, 26, mm-hmm. 27. And haven't been doing it. And then doing try it. to change your instincts. Yeah. You need to get on that now while you're 20. If you're a pro coach, mm-hmm. you want to coach Trey Young at this point? Because I feel like right now you have Trey I'm young. the coach? Yes. Okay, well, let me let me let me set this up because you have Trey Young right now, mm-hmm. and they're about to not make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So you you have but a look at a guy like John Morant. Mm-hmm. He comes in rookie year. They're about to make the playoffs. Yeah. They're in the eight I, spot right I now. I understand in the West. I understand, but what I'm saying is, at, which at, conference would you say is better, East or the West? West. Well, well, you know what. I will say West, but I won't. Uh, it's it's not by much. You could ask me that same question again next week, and might have a diff, might have a different answer. Okay. Once you get past the top three or four teams, mm-hmm. which conference would you say is better? Eliminate the top three or four teams. So from the East, you eliminate Milwaukee, Boston, and Toronto, and then you're talking about Miami, Philly. Mm-hmm. Now, from from the West, you eliminate Lakers, Clippers. Lakers, Clippers aren't top three seed. You eliminate Lakers, Denver, and who is it? Utah, I believe. Somebody like that. Because Clippers are sitting in four or five right now. You know, they're coasting along. So, you get past the top two or three teams, the West is a deeper conference right now. So, 
for a rookie point guard like John Morant to be leading and honestly, for all intents and purposes, carrying a team to the eighth seed in the West. Real quick, um, Clippers are third. Clippers are at third now? Clippers are third. Okay. Lakers, Nuggets, Clippers, Rockets. Jazz is in fifth. Okay, Jazz – it's so close. It's close. But it is close. They, there's yeah. been some movement yeah, the last yeah. couple of days. Yeah, there's, there's um, Clippers are two games up on the Jazz. Okay. So, but 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 your point. You know, I I see your point. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess to 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 for, like for conversation, it's like at some they're going to blame the coach first. You know, teams like like. I blame his AAU coach. Okay. But nonetheless. I blame what, his college coach. Nonetheless. Pro what, coaches are. What are you going to. But what's, what's Atlanta going to do? You have Trey Young. You're expecting to win with Trey Young. They're not winning. But that's the thing. Pro coaches are known to not be teachers. Because a pro coach's job is so, so volatile, so tenuous that he's in a position where he has to win. Or he's gone. Mm-hmm. If my job is to win now, or I'm gone, I don't have time to teach you and let you make mistakes, learning to re- reshaping your instincts. The Atlanta Hawks have I'm not, 17 points. How hold do on. they win? But I'm I'm not in a league where I can let my rookie sit on the bench for two, three years while I reshape his instincts and mm-hmm. practices. And I'm in a league where guys get like where a number one, number two. Top, not top three pick gets millions from the off the out the door. By year three or four, he's probably making more than the coach. He's a bigger investment than the coach. So if I have to, if we're losing, and I got to get rid of one or the other, coach is taking the blame. And so the coach doesn't want to teach. The coach just says, "I want to win," and he's not really equipped to win because. He's not able to teach. He's not able to bench players. Imagine trying to raise your kids without dis- without the option of discipline. Think think about it. And, and, I, and I don't. And when I say discipline, I don't mean like spanking or something. I yeah. just mean correcting, any, teaching, yeah, whatever discipline. Timeout. All of it's off the table. Because mm-hmm. if you get mad at this kid and the kid. The kid goes to mommy, says, "Mommy, dad, me and daddy don't get along." All right, I'm gonna get you a new daddy tomorrow. How's like that's basically what coaching is right now. So that 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 brings me back to the question: Then how do you win with Trey Young? Which is why I keep telling you he's very, very close to making it onto my list of guards. You can't win with. But here's, he's not there yet mm-hmm. because but, he's still young and coachable. But you need the basically. Your one option is to get him one of those short list of coaches that have the sat that cachet, that the name recognition, the 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 swag, if you will, that command let him to listen. If you get him a Jason Kidd, he has to listen to Jason Kidd about how to run point. Mm-hmm. You know? You get him in a Pat Riley system. He's got to listen to Pat Riley and and Spo about winning because they, they know what winning basketball is. Mm-hmm. But it's going to take something like that. You get him with Popovich, you got to listen to Pop. Mm-hmm. Pop's one with multiple people because you know Pop's system works. But here, all right. 
But outside of that, I don't see it happening. But look look at the scenarios that you just laid out. Atlanta could probably get Jason Kidd. But that's of those suggestions that you came up with. Jason Kidd is the only one who will come to Atlanta. If Trey Young is going to play with Pop, that means Trey Young's in San Antonio. If Trey Young is going to play with Pat Riley, that means Trey Young is in Miami. Now, you talked about the other players, the other players on your list, the players that you can't win with. And we specified that we're not we're talking when we say win, we mean championships. Mm-hmm. James Harden, Russell Westbrook will get you 50 plus wins a season. Absolutely. There's a lot the of right. Tra- the Trey Young Hawks have 17 wins. So they're not even there. You know, what I'm talking about, how do you even get them to that? You know, Trey Young's not even James Harden, Russell Westbrook good yet. He can't even, you know, he they're not winning. They're awful. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're talking we you talk about James Harden, you talk about Russell Westbrook. You're talking about two guys who will put up a whole lot of points and they'll get you wins. And right now the Rockets are sitting in the middle of the middle of the pack. They're fourth in the uh, Fourth in the West. Mm-hmm. So they'll make it to the playoffs, get a home playoff se- series. They'll play the Jazz. They might beat the Jazz. No, no. They might beat the Jazz. In fairness, the Rockets do have more talent on the roster than Atlanta does. Mm-hmm. If we're going to be fair about it. Yeah. Atlanta, their most talented players are all under the age of 24. The NBA is a grown man's game. Okay. So, youth combined with a point guard who doesn't understand point guard, I expect you to be a 17-win team at this point in the year. Mm. Houston has veterans, extremely talented veterans. It's Westbrook, Harden, though they're both on the list, but they're you'll never hear me question their talent. Never. And on a night-to-night basis during the regular season where NBA coaches treat game planning like NFL coaches treat the preseason game planning, Mm -hmm. we're not doing any opponent-specific stuff. It's just you run your stuff, we run our stuff, and whatever works, works. Mm -hmm. That real game planning in the NBA starts when you start looking at seven-game series in the playoffs and you're playing the same team four times in a week rather than when you're playing four different teams in a week and only practicing maybe once, you don't you don't have time to pr- put in opponent specific game plans in the regular season in the NBA, mm-hmm. and that's how these teams are able to win, because these are ex- supremely talented guys we're talking about. So like like let me not confuse anyone while I'm saying I'm talking about extremely talented guys mm-hmm. who are bad decision makers. This is what I'm, I'm not – so if you hear me use the word bum or something like that, I'm not saying these guys aren't talented. There's a context to it. There's a context yeah. to it. When I, I, I say bum as far as the standpoint of knowing how to win, win high-level games, not Champions. having high-level talent. Yeah. It's complete, that's a different conversation. Talk about championships. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I understand. I understand. I just wanted to know where they where they fell. Did we have two new additions to the Jonesy class of guys you can't win with? Now, see, like, 
I'll I'll put it this way. Like for me, mm-hmm. Kyrie made that list in college. Okay. Because I knew who his coach was in college. A proven teacher teacher of a winning basketball system. And Kyrie opted not to listen. He wanted to do his own thing. Mm-hmm. And the team actually was not as good with him on the court as they were when he was out during his his one year at Duke. Because mm-hmm. he did miss time with injuries. That's a consistent theme with Kyrie as well. But with him, it, I was like, nope, don't want him. I could see it early. Trey, want, it almost seems like he wants to be a playmaker. Mm-hmm. He wants to be a point guard. But he needs someone to show him how. He needs some real coaching. So I'm not all the way out on Trey Young yet. But as is, no, you're not going to win with him. There's work to be done. And Bradley Bill's just not on the list at all. No. He, okay. He's a different type of player. He's not a playmaker. He's a finisher. Mm-hmm. He knows what he is. He knows his role. He's an off-the-ball guy. Mm-hmm. He's team. just in a situation on the bad team where he has to do what he has to do right now. I got you. I got you. All right, well, look, man. Let's take a let's take a quick, real quick break. I think you probably – we might have more basketball to talk about. Oh, I lo- you know I can always talk ball. You like Captain America. I can do this all day. <laughs> We'll be right back on Offense, Defense, and Discord. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. Ate off like the assassin, now I'm blasting, I'm taking over. Stick you for your blue range rover. I told ya, Rampage, your real life soldier. Been in the game since the age of 13. James Lewis. Dwelling south for the Hudson, New Jerusalem in seclusion. Uh, Using fake suit and yeah. I'm true. Bad, mine travels like a schizo with two tabs with do-rags hanging from my pocket. Huh. What, boy? You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Most of my family, they never graduated high school, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter, Brooklyn, was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, and it paid off. At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma. I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, y'all, we are back. Had to, you know, take care of a little business, yeah. but... Yeah. So last segment we were we were talking about guards with issues. Mm-hmm. So let's Seems go ahead. St- let's go ahead and stick with that thing. Okay. Bring it a little closer to home. Ben Simmons. It, we usually are talking about the issue of him oh. not shooting, yeah, but but right now he's not doing anything. Yeah. Like the Sixers were already in a tenuous situation. Mm-hmm. They were a lower half seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs mm-hmm. to date. 
and now you lost your only playmaker on the roster. Other guys who are capable physically of dribble passing, shoot, but none that really have the feel for playmaking and running offense. And Ben Simmons is a guy who truly does have a feel for that. He just needs to space the floor. But we're not getting into that part of it. What we're talking about, he's out altogether, right? Let me ask you, do you think that is a major issue, major concern for the Sixers and possibly even their playoff chances at this point? Playoff chances, no. I still believe they'll make the playoffs. But we've talked about this on many on many different occasions. Our expectations for the Sixers. We Okay. And, and we both say we've both talked about them making it at least to the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, playoffs probably won't be an issue. Shouldn't be an issue unless there's a total collapse because they are 15 games ahead of Washington, who's in the ninth spot right mm-hmm. now. Which is one of those things I'll say like the East is just you get past the top teams in the East, you've got. Right now, at 7-8, and eight, Brooklyn and Toronto, who were both under five hundred, And in the West, you've got Memphis at 8, who is the only team under five hundred in the playoff race, and that's by one game below mm-hmm. five hundred. In the East, Brooklyn is four games below five hundred in the seventh spot, and Orlando is seven games below five hundred in the eighth spot. Mm-hmm. So to my point earlier about the East not being quite as good in the lower part portions of the conference as the West, mm-hmm. there it is right there. You got two teams, four games or more below 500 in the Eastern Conference playoffs right now. So Philly is safe in that standpoint. But they could easily drop to that sixth spot. That sixth spot has you going on the road to Boston in the first round. Boston, that's actually been a favorable matchup for the Sixers this year. Won the season series. Three to one, they won the season series. But you would not have home court advantage in any round. And to date, you've been a disaster on the road. Complete disaster. 27 and two at home, nine and 20 on the road. So. Although you've won the season series against this team, you don't really want to be in a situation where you don't have home court advantage. Mm-hmm. And currently tied with my well, a half game back of Miami, tied in the win column, one loss back, one more loss behind Miami. And where you're at a point in the year where you need to be making a push to try to get into that upper half you're now looking at a spot where you're probably about to slide back. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that leaves the Sixers long term? It's, I think it's, right now they're in trouble. They're in trouble because this is a team where you know what you're going to get with Embiid. You know what you're going to get with Simmons. There are two players who have proven this season on many different occasions that they can play at a high level. After that, 
who do you have? Do you believe that Tobias Harris can, can consistently play at a high level? Have you seen that from Josh Richardson? Who's going to be the person to step up in, in the absence of Ben Simmons? That's where that's where the trouble is. I'm sitting now. No. Right, I'll say this: for me, I think the buyout deadline, where the deadline where you can add players to your rosters to be eligible for the playoffs, which mm-hmm. is coming up in what, a couple weeks, I believe. Mm-hmm. That deadline is as important, if not more important, for the Sixers than any other team in the league, because they absolutely need to add a secondary playmaker to their roster. Mm-hmm. When Reggie Jackson went to the Clippers, he got bought out in Detroit yeah. and decided to sign with the Clippers. I had a conversation with friend of the show, Mike Patton. Mm-hmm. He's been on with us a couple times. Oh, yeah. and you know, Shout out to Mike. Mm-hmm. And we both felt the same. Like, I don't necess- like our first thing was I don't necessarily know where there's room for him to play with the Clippers. He's not going to take Lou Williams minutes mm-hmm. at the backup one, and Sham is more than serviceable at the backup two for the Clippers. So fit wise, I just not that Reggie Jackson is a bad player. Just fit wise, I don't know where he fits with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. But a team like the Sixers could have absolutely used a Reggie Jackson. Mm-hmm. Who could come in, be the backup one, and actually probably split minutes or share the court with Simmons as well. Mm. So, but the Sixers need to find someone of that ilk who's a scrappy defender but can handle the ball, hold his own offense, and is a playmaker, an on the ball player. That, because the Sixers absolutely need one of those. Because you look top to bottom on their roster when Ben Simmons is off the court. Name name one player on that roster. You say, yeah, I want the ball in his hands. Nobody. I mean, not that you they're bad players or you want them off the court, but you don't necessarily want the ball in their hands. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I understand. And you top the bottom on their roster beyond Ben Simmons. There's nobody on the Sixers roster. I say that about like, yeah, give him the ball. They're guys who are point guard by position, I guess. Shake Milton, Raul Neto, uh, Trey Burke, but well, Burke is gone. They, they that's right. They, that's where Burke, Burke is gone. gone. They, they gone. moved. They let go of Burke when they brought in. They brought no. They brought in Alec Burks, mm-hmm. not Trey Burke. Alec Burks. Yep. Not, the wrong Burke. <laughs> but the, but the, I guess the the problem is, and it's you see it in their record. Like they have some, they have a couple of role players who play well at home. Mm-hmm. What are twenty nine and two at home? Yeah, nine and twenty on the road. Nine and twenty on the road. Now you talked about them falling back. I, I look at right now they're in fifth. They're in fifth place. Yeah, half game half behind fourth place, place Miami. Miami. And Miami's been struggling as of late. Miami also struggles on the road. Their their road their road record is not as bad as the Sixers, but they have struggled on the Miami, road. Miami twenty three and three at home, not quite as good as the Sixers at twenty seven and two, but still very good. Mm-hmm. 
thirteen and eight on the road. Not quite bad, as bad as the Sixers at but, night and twenty at nine and twenty, but still bad. But, but still bad. Mm-hmm. Still bad. And I feel like with Miami, with that Miami team, I feel I trust the Sixers slightly more to be able to win at least one game in Miami than I would over Boston. They slide back to that sixth position. I don't know if they're be- if they could beat Boston at all in Boston. Whereas, well, okay. they've beat Boston in Boston once this season. Mm-hmm. But but nonetheless, I I think without Ben, they struggled significantly against Miami this year. How they? But they, they handled them as well. They've had they struggled against them, but they've also they've handled them as well. They play better. I think they play better in that one in that win. However, I feel like. When it comes down to it, you take Ben Simmons off that off the team. I'm not sure if they're winning a game in Boston. Oh, with no Ben Simmons, they're not winning a game in Boston. Mm-hmm. No I, Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. I don't actually think they're winning a game in the playoffs. In the playoffs at all. If no, if Ben Simmons is not on the court, I don't know that they win a playoff game at all. At all, really? Okay. It it, it could be bad because when you, especially when you look at their seating, if you're sitting in the five six spot. And you're playing Miami or Boston in the first round, and you don't have a playmaker, you're you're likely to get swept. Okay, that easy. So, with you, the loss of Ben Simmons, this is dire. This is this is they they absolutely need Ben Simmons back, and even with a healthy Ben Simmons, I think they need a secondary playmaker. Mm-hmm. Without Ben Simmons, you're done as far as the playoffs are concerned. Y'all Ben Simmons is done. Okay. So you need Simmons back. So a healthy Ben Simmons prior to the playoffs. So I, I'm not because I, I know, well, I know you're not a doctor. I know you're not a doctor, but given what we've heard, what we've read so far, do you see Ben Simmons playing again this year or do you think they'll shut him down? I think he'll be back for the before the year is over. Before the year is over. Mm-hmm. Okay. And on ten games left. And what they're telling us right now, Sixers have played fifty eight games. So they've got what twenty four left. Mm-hmm. If he can get back for say the last seven to ten games, get get his conditioning back where he's in game shape and be ready for the playoffs, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. At this point, your playoff spot is secure. Your any way you cut it, you're probably looking at a road series. And one through four, I don't fear Milwaukee, Toronto, or Boston any more than I fear Milwaukee. I fear being on the road with Philly Mm -hmm. from that perspective. If they had home court advantage against any of those teams, I'd probably favor Philly. Okay. But with being the road team in the series, I'm nervous about Philly's chances against any of those teams. So being five or eight, that doesn't make much of a difference to me. Mm -hmm. It is more so of who's going to be on the court and are, are they going to be ready and conditioned able to go yeah. a lot of questions See, the season started with a lot of hope in Philadelphia things done changed things done changed so look let's take a real quick break and when we come back you wanted to talk a little football too right? gotta talk a little football last week we started something I said we were gonna come back to it this week alright well let's do this let's take a real quick break and then we'll come back we'll talk a little football alright right here on Offense Defense and Discord you feeling this podcast to hear this and more 
go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. James Lewis. There's so many people walking around with the Best Buy polo. Then you have the Sprint people. Then you have the Geek Squad people. Then you have like Geek Squad. the Cox, like the Geek the Cox Squad. Cable people. Right. So there are 38 people walking around at Best Buy doing absolutely nothing. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. Can we say No, we can't. Why? We can't say that. We, okay. we, we cannot say that. Okay. Uh, we shouldn't say that. Okay. I'm, I'm not saying that. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Challenge your authority, because that's what kids do. But this car is your territory, and in here, your word is law. So when you say you won't move until everyone's buckled up, you won't budge an inch. Until you hear that click. Never give up. Until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we are back for our final segment. We're having some fun today, as talk always. Of, talk ball, talk boxing. Oh, yeah. I had some fun today. Yeah, you want to talk some XFL now? No. You still not on I'm out. I know, I, so I, you, I know what I got So I do. told you how much I watched in week one, right? Yes. I told you how much I watched in week two, right? Yes. yes. How much do you think I watched in week three? Not a bit. Exactly. Not a drop. I'm, all right. Well, this is what I want you to do. I actually forgot the XFL existed in week three. All right. Well, this, this no, like is... seriously, like my, okay. my a friend of mine was sitting there, like, I'm about to turn XFL on. I was like, really? They're still playing? That was actually what came out my mouth. I want you to watch the Houston Roughnecks this weekend. TJ Warren, PJ Warren, uh, uh, PJ Walker, uh, PJ Walker. Yeah. That's his name. I'm saying That's Warren a, Walker. Yeah, yeah. PJ Walker. PJ Walker from Temple. Yeah. I want you to watch the Houston Roughnecks this week. Can you do that for me? Can you at least try? If I remember, it's happening. Are you gonna remember? Because you gonna unless you turn you your have phone to, off. You have to send me a reminder I, that it's happening. I, that's what I will do. If I you send me a reminder that it's happening, I'll watch. Mm-hmm. Nah, but I, I, I can't. I can't promise that I'm actually gonna remember it's mm-hmm. happening. I probably just drink jinxed him. I'll be like, yo, Houston Roughnecks is on. He'll <laughs> turn on the game, and he's just gonna stink it up. He's undefeated. He's playing good. He's playing good football. Playing good football. I. I would, I would be interested in the Philadelphia Eagles bringing him in as a backup. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, I think we've already spent too much time on the XFL this week. First of all, that was for Javon. Shout out to Javon Offers, who <laughs> who, who flies the flag of the XFL on Twitter. And the next time, ja- next time Jav- Javon wants to come in and sit with us, we can talk XFL. Oh, so you'll talk XFL with Javon? You won't talk XFL with me? You don't really want to watch. We want to talk XFL. You just want to get to me. It, it's different. So <laughs> now that we're now that right. we're actually talking big boy football, wow. let's, okay. let's talk about the guys who were good enough to make it. Wow. Okay. All right. Last week we talked free agent quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Yes. There are actually far more free agent receivers. 
and some of them quite notable. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I mean, it's a long list. I'm not going to go through the whole list. No. But I'm going to scan through it, and as I see names that catch my attention, I'm I'm going to read them out to you. Okay. okay. So, Chris Hogan, A.J. Green, Amari Cooper, Randall Cobb, Tavon Austin, Jermaine Curse, Geronimo Allison, Devin Funches, Keelan Cole, Terry Godwin, Demarcus Robinson, Travis Benjamin, Mike Th- Mike Thomas. Uh, let's see, Laquan, Laquan Treadwell, Treadwell, excuse me, Philip Dorsett, Ted Ginn, Corey Coleman, Demarius Thomas, Robbie Anderson, Nelson Aguilar, Emmanuel Sanders, and Paul Richardson. Any of those names I just read get your attention? Probably at the top of the list, Amari Cooper, because I think that I think that is probably the most interesting story. Because Dallas is in a position where they they got they have to put some focus on Dak. They have to make it. They don't have to necessarily make a decision on Dak. They could probably pay Amari and franchise Dak. But how happy will that make him? And then you're also in a situation where you're looking at prop what's said to be one of the better wide receiver classes in a while. Mm-hmm. So you you're looking at a fairly deep wide receiver class, a quarterback who wants a lot of money, and a wide receiver who honestly for Dallas could probably command a lot of money if they decided to pay him mm-hmm. because we've seen what their offense looked like with and without him. Even with Dak and Fold. So, Amari Cooper absolutely is a name that I think for many is probably at the top of that list. Gut instinct. What do you What do you think happens with with Amari Cooper? Gut, in fact, gut instinct. What do you think happens in Dallas? If I truly were putting money on it. My money is on Amari. My money would not. Looking at their finances, my money would be on Amari leaving. Except that, as I think about it, I think about the the investment they made to bring Amari in. Traded a first round pick. Mm-hmm. That suggests they're going to be willing to pay. Him. So I think Amari. They can't franchise them because no. they have to keep the franchise tag available for Dak. So it's going to be Amari's choice. Could but you I, a, I think Dallas will make a respectable offer. I'll put it that way. Could you see a situation where they give Dak his money now and franchise Amari? Not at the number Dak is asking. Okay. If Dak is willing to bend – on his demands, which doesn't seem likely, mm-hmm. then you're sure. Should Dak Penn? Should he? Yes. Because when you when you throw the word should into the equation, I have to ask it the question a different way. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson right now is the highest paid quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. Is Dak better than Russell Wilson? No. So should Dak 
then Dak shouldn't make more than Russell Wilson. That's how I look at it. Is Dak better than Aaron Rodgers? No. He shouldn't make more than Aaron Rodgers. You see how I'm going through it? Mm-hmm. So if we're going to th- ask the word should, then yes, Dak should take less money. Mm-hmm. So if would you agree that Amari Cooper is the most in- intriguing free agent wide receiver? I I think so. Okay. Who would be next on that list? Mm. Next on the list for me, it's probably probably Robbie Anderson from the Jets. Emmanuel Sanders is interesting as well, but at 33 versus Robbie Anderson, who's 27, 27 and in his yep. prime, yep. it's Robbie Anderson has at least three, four very good years left to give to a team. Emmanuel Sanders, while he was very, very productive and had a successful year in, with San Francisco last year post-trade when he left Denver, he's still going to be 34 by this time next year, you know? it's you never, And you just never know at what point Father Time is going to get the win. You know he's going to win. You just don't know what round. So... Emmanuel Sanders is getting into the later rounds, so it's a tougher bet. What about Randall Cobb? Randall Cobb, he'd probably be next up on the list. Now, here's the thing, though. With all of these names in free agency, there are two other names that are possibly available as well through trade. One who I'm hearing the team wants to trade. The other I'm hearing the player wants to be traded from his team. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing the Eagles are looking to move on from Alshon Jeffrey. And I've heard that Stephon Diggs wants to be traded out of Minnesota. Yep. You throw that, that into the mix and you've got a very interesting wide receiver market because Stephon Diggs is at that point if he if Minnesota is actually willing to acquiesce to his request and make him available he's probably the second best receiver on the list now between he and Amari for top spot on the list quite honestly so that makes it interesting Alshon probably a little longer in the tooth, but if healthy, he's got something left, too, for the right quarterback. We've seen him be very productive when you have a, a the right fit, the right style quarterback. So, yeah, your, your wide receiver market could be very, very, very interesting this year. Let me ask you a question. Okay, what's up? You're a GM. Mm-hmm. Your team has real need at the wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. Who do you? Where do you go? You're factoring what you're what it's going to cost you, and what you can get out the player. Let's say you are you thinking you know what I'm gonna go all in and pay Amari. Or are you thinking I'm gonna sit back and see if I can get somebody very good in this draft? do it that way am i just going to try to sign a couple of guys who are more towards the middle of the pack and i can get a couple of them that don't cost quite as much 
what would your blueprint be? I would probably go with youth. Maybe some young, especially like depending on where the rest, where I am with the rest of my team. If I have a quarterback, then okay. I'm say you're the Eagles. Say I'm the. You Eagles. have you have your quarterback. You have your quarterback. Seem you've, to you've have got your running some, back. You seem to have your running back. You have some good pieces on the O line. Like I think I feel like the Eagles are a team that needs to get younger. Mm-hmm. So if I'm the Eagles, I'm not quite sure if I'm chasing one of these high price free agents. Because you've gone that high price free agent route. That's how you you know, that's how you brought a guy like Alshon in. That's how you brought a guy like Deshaun Jackson in. Now Deshaun, yes, he's a little he's not commanding the big bucks of maybe a couple of years ago, but you've gone down that road and what did it get you? You got you two quarter uh two wide receivers who couldn't play sixteen games. Couldn't play sixteen games combined. Yeah, exactly. But but so I, so if you're the me, Eagles, if I, if you're staying the Eagles, out the free agent market. Yeah, I, yeah, I I think so because I I just don't think Amar I don't think getting a player like Amari Cooper would be realistic. Okay. Now Amari Cooper is 27 years old and he's probably going to command top dollar. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't I think the Eagles have too many holes to commit to commit to that. Okay, so if you're the Eagles, you're looking to do this in the draft. Yeah. Get youth players that you can build with for yeah. years and control on lower salaries yeah. for a while. They, The Eagles are a team that they need to – they desperately need to hit a home run in the draft, at the top of the draft. They need their day one and day two people in the starting lineup week one. That's where they need to draft. And I understand that these guys don't fall on trees. I understand that it's easier said than done. But if they're, but as far as the Philadelphia Eagles are concerned, I'm not necessarily looking at Amari Cooper or Stephon Diggs. But whoever they get in the draft, mm-hmm. first night, second night, I need to see them in the starting lineup at the top of that depth chart week one. No more projects, no more guys that you got to bring along, no more guys you got, you know, you want to hide at the end of your bench and, and let, them, let them develop. I need you remember uh, what was that year? Macklin in the first round, Shady in the second round. Mm-hmm. So that's you know that's what I'm looking at. That needs to be the blueprint. So so would you? So you wouldn't even consider a trade a trade for a 26 year old Diggs. Honestly, it depends on what they're asking. First rounder. What are the Eagles pick this year in the draft? They're twenties, right? High twenties. Yeah, you're a playoff team. Playoff team. So you're talking what? Twenty one. You're actually a division winner, so you're probably in that somewhere twenty four, twenty five range. Let's see, thirty two teams, twenty one and up are playoff teams, four wild card spots. The Eagles are probably the worst of the division winners. You're looking at twenty five. Stephon, so clear cut. Stephon Diggs, your number one wide receiver for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, he's your number one. Okay. If you bring him into the Eagles wide receiver yeah. room, okay, you, you're Deshaun Jackson's coming back next year. You you hope he's healthy. From all reports, he would have been healthy had or available to play had he they made it to the second round of the playoffs. So you mm-hmm. assume he's healthy going into next season, but you're not banking on him being your number one. Mm-hmm. So that's Diggs. If you bring so, him in, is absolutely your number one. Diggs is your number one 
on the Eagles, but would you consider him pretty much overall clear-cut number one wide receiver? A clear-cut number one? Mm-hmm. He's a serviceable number one. He's a clear-cut starter. Okay. He's a clear cut, either so one let, or two. So, so let me ask you. He's this. an outside receiver, so, clear starter, so, one or two. So let me ask you this: You trading the first round pick for serviceable? You uh, giving up a first round pick for someone you just considered serviceable? Uh, see, this was the question I asked you. So, um, now you're throwing it back at me. So, um. Would I do it for a first rounder? Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't give up a first first rounder for, for Stephon Diggs. Okay, especially not in in a draft this year where if I have any faith in my front office and my scouting staff, I believe I can get a quality receiver in the first round. Mm-hmm. And we'll go third to- round. Yeah. I definitely would do it. Mm-hmm. Second round, maybe. But a first round, no. First rounder, I'm out. Okay. And then I think a first rounder, I'm out on any wide receiver this year. I want. My, I'm probably looking. If anything, if I'm at 25, maybe as the Eagles trying to trade up to 17, 18, even mm-hmm. like mid to late teens, where I can guarantee myself I'm in a position to get one of those stud receivers that's out there. Mm-hmm. At 25. You should still have some good options on the board in a draft like that's shaping up like this one. Mm-hmm. But if you put me somewhere 15 to 19, yeah. I can guarantee you a stud receiver, assuming that's the position I go after. Okay. So back at back at the top of this uh, top of this draft, or excuse me, this free agent class, you got Amari staying or going. I got Amari going. Okay. Amari goes. Do you think they trade Stefan Diggs? Do you think the Vikings trade Stefan Diggs? I think Diggs moves. But neither of them go to the Eagles. If there's a free agent on that list, who who would you put on the Eagles? Who who do you think the Eagles should at least kick the tires on? Well, they're gonna kick the tires on all of them, but still, like who who should they seriously consider? If I'm the Eagles. And I'm thinking about actually looking into free agency at all for a wide receiver. So if I'm talking about free agency, that uh, free agency alone, yeah. I'm eliminating Diggs from this conversation. Mm-hmm. I've got to look at Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. I've got to. I've, got a, right. you, I've got a young quarterback with a big arm who wants to go downfield. And I'm the one year he had receivers who were making plays for him, they went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They started out what eleven and two. Eleven and two. So I've got to be willing if I want to maximize my quarterback, who I just gave a lot of money to. I've got to be at least willing to kick the tires on the on Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's just a nice little jab to Dallas, who's going to have to pay their quarterback more than the Eagles just paid theirs, mm-hmm. and lose the quarterback because lose the receiver because they got to pay their quarterback. So that would be a nice little dig to the Cowboys as well. Shout out Ashley Baker, 
that one was for you. But nice, nice. I'm always here for Ashley Smoke. <laughs> always here for Ashley Smoke. So gotta get her back on the show because absolutely, we, we're gonna have to get some couple people in soon as, as we move through the into the year. Definitely, definitely. But it's time to get out of here. It's though. time to get out of here for now. All right, look, enjoy the sports. You are going to watch the Houston Roughnecks this weekend. All right, that's, that's on you. Your homework. That's up to you. All right, I will. I will text you. You do that. I'll I will, watch. I will text you, and you will watch. And hopefully, I don't jinx them. I wouldn't know what was supposed to happen either way. You're gonna watch football, all right? You're gonna watch football. Mm-hmm. You're gonna see a guy play football. When's the last time you watched the D two playoffs? When's the last time you watched an FCS game? Now, I'll watch an FCS game. When's the last time you watched the FCS game? Usually if it's black colleges, like I watch. So, so you're not just watching FCS games just for the sake of watching FCS games? I may watch like some of the local schools. Like I might like a, like I watch a Delaware game if it's on. You know, if there's nothing else on. You know, if there's nothing else on. <laughs> there's nothing else on. Well, well, so, right, so, right. so that's pretty much. Look, so, so you un- ex- so you work, understand. All I'm saying is work some XFL into your Saturday and your Sunday. You got college basketball on. If you need to come over here and hang with me. All right, you see, I got three TVs down here. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll put the XFL on the small TV. It, XFL doesn't have to get the big TV treatment. All right? It doesn't have to get big TV treatment. There's a better college game on. We're gonna watch. I'm not gonna make. I'm not gonna make you turn away from a good college game to watch XFL. <laughs> All right? I'm just saying, if it's on, watch it. I'm not because, saying like the XFL is wrong and nobody should watch. I'm I'm just saying I literally forget it's all because I because I have this question because right now Houston Roughnecks are the best team in the XFL and I'm I'm not even entertaining the stupid question of could the best team in the XFL be no. the worst? Team? I know that I know that I'm not asking that. My question is could the best team in the XFL beat LSU? Yes. You think so? Yeah. Because they're pros and they're at college. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Grown men. Grown, okay. Nope. And f- football is a sport where physical dominance is the name of the game. Okay. All right. Like, how many all-conference, pr- all, all all-American rookies on the lines have you seen get dominated in their first years? Oh, and, wow. and need that year or two in the weight room to really be able to compete at the NFL or pro level. Needed to be their job. No, I understand. Now imagine you have a line full of guys who are not even ready for the NFL weight room yet. They're Mm -hmm. still in college. Mm -hmm. And some of them will never make it to the NFL or any pro level. Okay. That's what you're, you know, you have, now granted, you might have a couple players who are more talented than a couple players on the XFL roster. Mm Mm-hmm. But those years of physical development are a, there's a reason NFL players don't get to speaks volumes. You have to be three years removed from high school to go to the NFL. There's a reason for that. Yeah, speaks volumes. All right, cool. You're still gonna watch the Houston Roughnecks this weekend. All right. Hey, I'm a man of my word. All right, all right. And we'll talk uh, next week. We're gonna talk. We're, we're not necessarily gonna talk XFL, but I want to talk. I want you to tell me. What you saw. I'll give you my takeaways from the game. All right. I cool. will do that. All right. Be sure to uh, tune in next week to hear Jonesy's XFL recap. 
Either way, look, hit us up on Twitter, O underscore D underscore Discourse. Remember, you can download this podcast on SoundCloud, Google, Apple, and iHeartRadio. Just search Best in the World Sports. His name is Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. I heard that back in the day, they ain't want you. That's true. That is absolutely true. But then at some point, I turned the heat up on them a little bit. Well, what happened now you're hot? <laughs> they all on me. Dude. All of them? All of them. Oh, man. All right, you guys have a great weekend. We out, y'all. It's offense, defense, and discord. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports. We're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. The proceeding was a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.